Hey, well, today, uh, as I mentioned, I'll be wrapping up our series of the vine, um, and I'm, I'm talking about gentleness, and there's a uh, a pastor friend of mine who always says, hey, don't microwave your sermons. He's like, you get, you've got to kind of um, marinate them. Let them kind of sit there and, and have um, the, the things, that, that thing that you're going to be talking about impact you. And so this one's been marinating for a little bit. And, and the reason why is because I often think that people are afraid to come um, to God in the situations that they're in, they feel like they've got to clean themselves up before they can come to God. And it's because they've missed that God is a gentle God. Um, and so what do you think about when you think about gentleness? Well, I Googled that word, gentleness, and there were some images that came up. So if you're anything like the people that get picked up in the Google algorithm or the pictures that do, um, you likely think of something like this. I was hoping I'd get an, ah, <laughs> Or maybe this was another one that was, uh, we saw a lot of. Right, just this tiny butterfly in these hands. Um, how about this one? I know you animal lovers will appreciate this one. It's, oh, so cute. Yeah, gentle, gentleness. Uh, and I know some people are, probably won't admit it, but they think of this. Right, like it's 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 gotta be it's gotta be gentle, right? Like there there is so much that comes to our mind, but does God come to our mind when we hear the word gentleness? Right? We've been looking at these nine characteristics that Paul describes for us in Galatians five, that he calls the fruit of the spirit. Um, and we see these modeled in Christ, and he says, "Hey, this is the fruit of what it looks like." to live and walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we've been looking at that through the lens of what Jesus himself said in John chapter 15, where he says, hey, the way that you're gonna bear fruit isn't in and of, its, of yourself. The way that you're gonna do that is if you remain in me. He said, I am the vine and you are the branches, and if you remain in me, you will bear much fruit. And so today, we're gonna be looking at Gentleness. What I love is some scholars say that there is just one, one fruit, um, and we've talked about that, that singular term, and that that singular term is actually love, that the fruit is love, and that the way that love, that the world understands that love is through kindness and gentleness and patience and joy and self-control. It's kind of the way that, that God manifests its, his love towards us is through those characteristics. And it's also the way that God's people our conduits of that love through our kindness, through our gentleness, through our goodness, through our faithfulness, through our self-control, through our patience, through our joy. And so today, as we look at uh, gentleness, I want us to look at it as a conduit by which God shows his love to us and the way that we show God's love to the world around us. Now, when I think of gentleness, I think of the week before I got married. Um, so my wife and I in December will celebrate 13 years of marriage, which is awesome. Yes, you can clap for it. Clap, this is the claps for my wife because she had been putting up with me for 13 years. But um, so 13 years. But the week before, um, I was, we were 21 years old when we got married and we were poor. So we were making our own um, centerpieces to your wedding. Like centerpieces, anybody know centerpieces? Yeah. Great. We were, we were making the centerpieces, and so we ordered these vases or vases, however you pronounce it, um, from, I think it was like Overstock. 
and um, it was kind of like a, a little a glass base with a with a, a, a heart, and then it opened up, and that's where you kind of put the flowers or whatever you wanted to put in there. And so we ordered these things. We ordered, I think it was 30 of them, and uh, they come in three boxes of 10. And uh, so they arrive at my door, and have you ever shipped something that's glass? Right? Like, what do you normally write on the box? Fragile, right? Handle with care. I mean, these boxes, it was printed on there. It was like you didn't have to write it or put the tape. It was printed on the box. It said, fragile, handle with care. And I could tell that that was true for about, for two of the three boxes, right? They, they looked like they had been handled with care. But there was that one box, right? And it wasn't that it was like completely ripped apart, right? It kind of looked like it had it together, but it was dented a little bit on one side and dented on the other side. And so when I saw it, I'm like, I don't think that this is going to be a good thing when I open this up. And sure enough, when I opened it up, the majority of the, the vases that were in it were broken, including one, it had like, it was broken like right through the little heart inside. And so I'm like, Lord, are you trying to tell me something? Like, should I do this, not do it? And the, the, vase, the, the vase spoke to me and said, no, I'm just telling you the UPS guy didn't take care of me, right? Like, um, so it, it, like, that's what I think about when I think about the word gentleness, the, the, is, is kind of this fragile handle with care. The, when, I, when you think about this, the reality is that some of us are kind of like that box that came that was a little dented, right? The world has not handled us with care. And if you opened us up, there'd probably be some broken parts of our heart, our lives, so what do we do with that? What do we do when we haven't been handled with care? Well, I love how Jesus handles it. Now, for us, this term gentleness, right, it, we often associate it with a synonym of, of either just a care or, um, and sometimes we see it as weakness or passivity, well, this, this word in the, the original Greek means something completely different. It's, and it's hard for us to understand. It's like trying to explain something to, to someone who has no context for what it is, like um, trying to explain pineapple to somebody who's never seen a pineapple, right? Like, you're like, well, it's kind of hard, but it's really sweet inside, and you, it's just hard to describe. And so the Greeks, when they would come up with the word, not only were they careful in its definition, but they would usually illustrate it to kind of give you an idea my kids this, a few days ago asked me what the word integrity means. Like, Bobby, what does the word integrity mean? And so I, the way I actually told them the definition is I showed them integrity. And so for the illustration for this, world, this word gentleness, which is a more accurate um, word would be meekness, the, the illustration they use is this, a powerful animal being tamed. It's this idea of power under control. It's kind of like when you see a, a lioness holding her cub by her mouth. It's these sharp teeth that can tear flesh apart. But now they're being used in a gentle way to carry her, her cub wherever she goes. It's this picture of being handled with care of power under control. And we see that in God's character and Jesus demonstrates this to us as he's sitting by a well. 
Um, and so I want us to go to John chapter four. And I love the gospel of John. Now there's four accounts of the life of Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, and I love reading John because I think if there was someone that was gonna know uh, Jesus, it, it would be John. And the reason I know this is because, um, or the reason I think this, I believe this, is because when Jesus was ready to go to the cross, he looked at John and he said, John, take care of my mom. I want you to take care, I want her to become your mom and I, I want you to become her son. And so I can, I, I can imagine that once Jesus died, and ascended into heaven, that John would ask Mary, Mary, tell me, about, tell me about Jesus when he was a kid. Tell me about how he was. So I think that John had a unique perspective to the, to the life of Jesus. He's writing this when he's old and he's thinking back. He says, hey, I've gotta, I gotta write this down for us, for you and me, he thought of us so that we could, we could read this and know the character of our God, God displayed through Jesus. And so I wanted to pick up in, in John chapter four, verse four, and it, just this first part, it says, now he had, he, talking about Jesus, had to go through Samaria. Now for us, we read that and we're kind of like, okay, what's the next verse? But for the original readers, they would have been like, wait a minute, something's about to go down. Jesus is walking through, is going through Samaria. Um, to give you some context of that day, Jesus was in Jerusalem and he was heading north towards the Sea of Ga towards the Galilee region. But to get there, he had to cross through Samaria. Samaria had been uh, conquered by the Assyrians and um, they, they were just, they had tried to, to take away all the Jewish customs and traditions and they had done this through intermarrying. And, and so now the, the Jews um, that were back in Jerusalem Really, there was, there was about 500 years of hatred towards the Assyrians, towards the Samaritans that were there um, in, in that part of, of, of Israel. And so normally, most Jewish people would walk around Samaria because they did not want to associate it. But here it says that Jesus had to go. So the original readers were like, okay, I wanna know what's about to happen because Jesus is walking through an area that he's not, he, he shouldn't be walking through there, but, but Jesus, is, Jesus is crazy, and I love it, right? So he says that he, in verse seven, and it'll be up on your screen here, when a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? Verse eight simply says, his disciples had gone into the town to buy food. In other words, he was sitting there by himself, and it tells us that it was about noontime. So here's Jesus in a place that he shouldn't be, right? He comes across a woman that, that there was something up with her for her to be going to fetch water at noon. And Jesus knew that there was something about her because women didn't go to fetch water at noon. That'd be something that they would have done early in the morning with the other women from the town. Now this wasn't, this is, going to, to fetch water at noon wasn't just simply something that happened then. It actually, it, that didn't happen then. It doesn't happen now either. Um, I went to Africa, uh, I usually go every, well I go every year, and about four years ago, when I went for the first time, our, our team was doing a construction project, 
And part of what we needed for that construction project project was water because that's we we mixed the mortar for the for the bricks. Um, and so the first day that we were there, one of the translators says, "Hey Sam, um, we're going to need some people to go and fetch water early in the morning and bring it to the construction site, so that way when we get there um, at about nine or ten, we'll have water to be able to mix the mortar and be able to do the construction." And so I was a team leader, and so I was like, I feel like I've got to volunteer to do this at 6 a.m. And while I'm still jet-lagged, but I'll do it. Um, I'll, I'll volunteer. And so there was a group of us that we woke up, and at 6 a.m., we start walking down to the village, and we went to the construction site. We grabbed the buckets, and we start heading down to the well to draw and fetch water. Um, well, when we got there, to my surprise, I mean, there were a ton of women there that were fetching water to take to their homes for the tasks that they needed to do for that day. And they carry them on their head. Um, and so when they see me, they start laughing at me. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, I get it, white guy, yeah, whatever, you know, like, you can get over it. Uh, Azungu, they're like, that's what they call uh, white people. They're like, Azungu. I'm like, I'm not white, I'm Puerto Rican. Like, and they're like, no, you're still Azungu. <laughs> um, right, so, um, so they start laughing at me, and I'm like, hey, why are they laughing at me? And it's like, well, fetching water is a woman's job. It's not a man's job. And so you fetching water is funny to them because it just doesn't happen. Right? So it, it doesn't happen today. It didn't, it didn't happen then. And, and, and the women would go down in the morning. It was kind of part of, of their social interaction. They would go and they would together fetch water, but not, not this person. And Jesus knows and he says, hey, um, can you give me some water? And the fact that Jesus was there and that he spoke to her, I mean, even surprised her. She responds in verse 9. It says, the Samaritan woman said to him, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? And then John giving us some commentary here. He says, for Jews do not associate with Samaritans. See, that's the first part of gentleness is seeing people as they matter because they do. This idea of seeing a fragile handle with care sign on each and every person that's been placed there by their creator. And here's this, this woman, and Jesus knew that she had done something because she wasn't expecting to interact with anyone on her way to get water at this well. And Jesus not only sees her there, but he speaks to her. He said, can you give me something to drink? This is really hard. Especially when we're supposed to see a fragile handle with care sign on people we disagree with. Right, Like that person who posts something on Facebook and it tells everybody that they're supporting the one candidate that you think would be the most horrible thing that ever happened to this nation. Or that person that says something about your sports team. We take sports teams way too serious. Like, and this has been a tough one for me because I'm a New England Patriots fan. Um, and the, the whole deflate gate thing, right? Like everybody, cheaters, cheaters. Um, and it's been hard. But am I going to, in the, are we going to, in the comments section, 
see the fragile handle with care sign on that person? Or are we just going to let them have it? Right? Are we going to look at people and see them the way God sees them? Because that's what Jesus does here. He sees the Samaritan woman that he's not even supposed to talk to, not even supposed to associate with. He says, hey, can you get me something to drink? He speaks to her. This is so hard. But God wants his people to be known for their gentleness because he recognizes the power that each and every one of us possess. Scriptures tell us, that the power of life and death is in our words. You have the power to give life to someone. You, we, that's how powerful. And he wants us to, to display that power in a way that's under control. That we would see people the way that he sees them. This is for hard for people that we disagree with. This is even hard for, our, for those around us, right? Like, I was so convicted of this on Saturday. Yesterday, yesterday yeah. Um, Friday, it was Friday. With my wife, right? She, she put a, don't, don't judge me here because you, you've done the same thing, right? I'm gonna share this, but don't judge me. Um, she, we had gotten a cup of water um, and it, you know, it was like a, a foam cup with the lid on it. And she puts it in, uh, we were heading to the beach. She puts it in this, the bag that has kind of all our towels and, and everything. Um, and so then she gives it to Sam, my son, Sam to carry. Uh, and we go to the beach and then we are walking back and I go in to grab something and it's soaking wet because of course the foam cup that my, with my wife had put there that she had had my son carry had now spilled all over the bag. And so I'm like, Hey babe, did you, did you put this here? She's like, yeah, I put it, put it in there. I didn't have anywhere to put it. And, and so, like, this is where I didn't, didn't see the fragile handle with cure sign. I said, do you think that was a good idea? And then I said, and I'm preaching on gentleness in two days. Right, this is hard. That's why we've been talking about through this whole series. That the only way we can't produce this in and of ourselves the only way that we can be known as people that demonstrate gentleness is when we're connected to the vine. Right? Like this doesn't come naturally to us. But we can be people when we're connected to the vine that are known for gentleness. I love what happens next. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as did his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water that I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Now, it's interesting here that um, in, that, in Jesus' time, rabbis would, would often describe their knowledge and their wisdom 
as a deep well where people could come and draw from. And in here, Jesus is saying, hey, uh, this is more than just knowledge. What I'm talking about here is eternal. And then he goes on. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so I won't get thirsty and have to come, have to keep coming to draw water. He told her, go and call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man you have now is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. That's a crazy interaction here. That's why I love it. Jesus meets her exactly where she, she is. And the second part of gentleness is not simply seeing people the way God sees them, but also being willing to move into their mess. See, gentleness is not a passive word. It's in fact an active word. Gentleness causes us to move into people's lives, to the messiness of their stories, just like God has moved into our mess. There are some hurdles that Jesus overcomes here, right? The first is that Samaritans and Jews aren't supposed to even be associating with one another. But Jesus walks right through it. He says, I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna meet you there. This is one of the reasons why I am so proud of our church. The fact that we're at Fringe again this year is amazing. If you haven't, commercial here, if you haven't gone to see the road to Zamboria, you need to. It is amazing. It, it is very well done, so much so. There's a show actually tonight at 545. Um, so much so that they've asked us to do an encore presentation tomorrow. So if you can't make the one tonight, you should go tomorrow. But when I was there, I saw our church going somewhere where most people that call themselves Christian wouldn't go. And just sitting there and watching a, a lot of Summit people there, it was, it was awesome. Now I will confess, I'm confessing today, it's great. Um, I will confess that I, when I saw some of the signs of some of the other shows, I was, I was a little offended by them. And, um, and I got home and I began to kind of think about it. I was like, you know, that's exactly where we need to be. Sometimes we need to be offended, right? To be near to those that God has called us to love. There are two things that we need to get into the, mess, uh, the messiness of people. One is we need to get out of our comfort zone. I've been reading this, move, this book called Move Towards the Mess. And the author makes a case that the reason why Christians often feel bored with their Christian lives is because we're not willing to move out of our comfort zone. We want to stay in the, the comfort of what we know, and, um, and we're not willing to move out of our comfort zone into the messiness of people's lives. But you know what? It's in the, that mess that we can see miracles. It's in that mess that we can experience and see healing. 
It's in that mess that we can be, see ourselves being used of by God. If you're here today and you're kind of bored with your Christian life, I want to challenge you to move out of your comfort zone. Maybe move towards someone that's out of your comfort zone. The second thing is that we need to be okay with being inconvenienced. We often feel that, hey, I wouldn't be able to do this for everyone, and so I'm going to do it for no one. I can't get into everybody's lives, Sam. Like, it'd just be way too much. I can't get into everyone's mess, but you can get into one person's mess. We often are passive in our demonstration of gentleness because we say, oh, I can't do that for everyone. Well, God's not calling you to do it for everyone. He's calling you to do it for someone. When I think about this, I think about that someone being me. Right? How many times we've, we've been in a mess and we just are almost asking God, God, can you send me someone? I need, I need someone right now in my mess. My, my classmates in, in high school don't understand me. Sometimes there's conflict between my wife and I, and I, and I need someone to kind of get up in my mess. We've got to be willing to get out of our comfort zone. We've got to be willing to be inconvenienced. Here Jesus is walking through a place where he's not supposed to even be walking through. And he does it for this one lady. A lady that had been living with shame and guilt. A lady that had been such an outcast in her own community that she couldn't even go fetch water with the other women. You know what I love about this? Is that who brings up the conversation about her husband here? Jesus. He's like, hey, don't scare me. And you know why she, was, she shared that with him? I believe it's because he asked her, can you get me something to drink? And he had nothing to fetch water with. And a Jewish man drinking out of a Samaritan woman's cup. Oof. Some, the Samaritans were unclean to the Jewish people. And he says, hey, I'm gonna roll up my sleeves here. Your, your mess doesn't scare me. And he's saying that to, to each of us today as well. Maybe you're here this morning and you're wondering if your mess will scare God. Maybe you've made some poor decisions last night <laughs> that this morning you're, you're wondering, I don't, I don't even know if I should walk into this place or should have walked into this place. Through Jesus we see that God's not afraid of our mess. And he says, hey, Bring your husband. She says, I don't have a husband. He said, you're absolutely right. He said, I know everything about you. I'm still talking to you. You've had five, and, and even the one that you have now is not yours. Five in today's age is a lot. Five back then was a whole lot. He says, I know everything about you. And I'm here. And I'm talking to you. 
You see what's produced when we are people who, who see the fragile handle with care sign on others. People that are not afraid to get into the messiness of, of the lives of those around us. What gets produced is life. You see, love is the, it, gentleness is the conduit by which love gets shown. And the scriptures tells us that for God so loved the world that he gave us his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish, but they'll have everlasting life. And this lady, she got that life. You know how I know? Because verse 39 and 40, I want us to read it. It says, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him, Jesus, because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed with them two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. This lady's life was radically transformed. This is the same lady that didn't want to come fetch water, in the, didn't want to encounter anyone as she was going to get water. Now she's in the middle of the town telling them about her interaction with Jesus. The shame was gone. And she was able to share her story. And others came to know Jesus. It's incredible what happens when our gentleness is a conduit of God's love. What I love about this is that Jesus wasn't, ha wasn't afraid to have a tough conversation. And maybe you have a friend, a family member, a coworker who's about to wreck his life her life by making a decision and you're kind of standing on the sideline being passive and having a conversation with them. That's like giving them a fruit that looks good on the outside but in the inside. It's no bueno, no good, right? If we're not willing to go there, we're giving them a fruit that looks good but it tastes bitter. And Jesus was willing to have that tough conversation. And I want to encourage you to be willing to have that tough conversation. Just bring gentleness with you. Right? See them. And when you look at them, see them with a sign placed there by their creator that says fragile, handle with care. And here's the warning. Anytime we dare to move into a mess, there is a risk that you will get hurt. When I opened that box and started to take out the broken glass, there was a possibility that I was going to get cut. God calls us to be people that are conduits of his grace, his love. To this world. And the reason we can do it is because he's been gentle to us. 
People often look at the Garden of Gethsemane as kind of the beginning of the pain that Jesus experienced in getting into our mess. But I often say the pain started when he squeezed himself into a human body just so he could be close to you. So how do we do this? Because this is hard. (laughs) Being gentle is hard. Moving into the mess of others is really hard. We do this through remaining in the vine. I know we've talked about that through um, kind of almost our spiritual disciplines and prayer and reading of scripture. I think there's, there's another step to it as well. It's that we remain when we trust God. Many of you that have begun praying or begun diving into his word, he's called you to something as a result of it. And part of the way that you remain is by walking and trusting in God. Whether that's changing something of, uh, whether that's picking something up or putting something down. With refraining from doing something or moving towards something. However it is that God has been, has been speaking to you as you've moved closer towards him, I wanna encourage you to trust him. That lady, that Samaritan woman, Trust him enough to go and talk to those around her. And because of her testimony, many came and many began began to believe in Jesus the Messiah. So this morning, if you're here and you've never saw God as a gentle God, I hope that through seeing this displayed through Jesus, that you would move towards him. That you would not let that sin, that brokenness, that pain stop you from the one who can offer true healing. For all of us, would we be people who would point others to God through our gentleness? John writes in John 15, these are Jesus' words. He says this, he says, remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Will you pray with me? Father, We're thankful for John and the fact that he wrote these words that we can get a glimpse into your character through the person of Jesus. God, I thank you that we can see a God who who made us in his image. We can see a God who is not afraid of our mess but invites us in so we can experience his love through, our gentle, through your gentleness. God, I pray that we would be known 
as gentle people, that we'd be not afraid to have tough conversations, but that we would see people like you see them. God, I know this is so hard. And so that I, I pray that by your spirit, you would give us the strength to do the things that you have called us to, that we would remain in you as you remain in us. God, so I pray that as, as we seek to be people that are gentle, we'd first seek to be people that are transformed into your image for the sake of those around us. God, help us. In Jesus' name.